0: Hey, everybody. What's up? It's your boy MJ. Hey, man. I'm excited to announce a great community and platform that I've been working with called Rare Liquid. Uh, you know, a couple of months ago, I was at an incredible event in Paso Robles with the Rare Liquid team and their founding artisan producer, Turtle Rock Vineyards. Uh, you might remember this was my number one wine from 2021. My famous Blackberry Cobbler a la mode motherfucker. Uh, rare Liquid is really cool. They're building a network of artists and producers, collectors, and storage providers to solve the provenance problem for the rare wine and spirit industry. Members get access to verified limited edition drops from elite producers and can frictionlessly share, trade, gift, and monetize their collections. While for the first time in history, artists and producers can earn a royalty payment every time their bottles trade on the platform. Rare Liquid is expanding to 560 members through their invite-only Founders Club drop. You can check it out at rareliquid.club, which I'll put in the show notes. Uh, Rare Liquid has given me a limited number of membership invitations. If you're interested in an invitation and learning more, hit me up on Instagram at MJTaller, or you can just send an email to blackwineguy at gmail.com. Hey, I'm MJ MJTaller, also known as a Black Wine Guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie becoming the world's first ever african-american fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years in this show i'll be talking to the mavericks the philosophers the players and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine they'll share their experiences on how they made it but more importantly how they failed and got back up again so grab a glass and let's get to it this is the black wine guy experience What's up? It's your boy, MJ. Welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is the owner and winemaker at Kobayashi Winery, Travis Allen. Kobayashi is a small, family-owned winery making wines from premium vineyards in Washington State. They are focused on making not only the best, but also the most interesting wines in the world. To that end, they are the only winery to import Japanese Mizunara oak into the U.S., Obviously, we're going to talk about that. Uh, Kobayashi is the first winery to produce an unsulfured Syrah from Washington State. And other innovative projects include a high-end box wine, as well as collaborations with a brewery and international winemaking projects. Welcome, Travis. Thank you for having me. Man, first of all, let's just like, thank you so much for being here. Um, we met at Hospice Terrone, and just this, this, just, this, just, this ah, beautiful, bright smile spirit guy walks up to me and he goes, Hey, I'm Travis from Kobayashi. I love your podcast. Like he came to me and I was just blown away because um I got on his list. Um and we'll get into that, but like we'll get into influences. But you know, there's a shout out. I don't know, I don't know if Roman listens to my podcast. He probably does, he's so busy. But guy on Roman Suckley, we talked about this when we were out in Washington. Like a real influencer, like he had your marsan i think it was was, and he was like it's the truth and like how many people got on your list from that post a lot yeah Yeah. and like he has like less than a thousand followers and he Mm. might even be private like but like like inside this world what i do with the podcast like like when you're like for all you you advertise like you need to actually understand what influence is it's not likes like literally like so many people got on the list from that you know what i mean and so um and then i got to taste your wines at hospice amazing we didn't get to spend a lot of time because you're i was working you're working and then we um got to spend a lot of time a fair amount of time in washington you were up in washington for uh harvest because uh, you make your wines there we're getting that and we had a couple of dinners together and um you're you know he's an amazing human being for that for just how amazing and kind he is you should get on his list although it's you know he'll talk to you like it's going to be, it's probably going to be a longer than cynical and non wait because he's the, he has a philosophy about making his wine. So like you're going to have to wait for people to die and fall off the list, but we'll get into that. Anyway. We're growing. Yeah. 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 Travis, man. So Actually, glad you're
1: let, here. Let's bring it back to the first meeting. When yeah. I first saw you across the room at Hospice Durone, Yeah, I recognized you and went over and introduced myself and I was having a small dinner with two other people, Mar- my wife Mario and my friend Steven. Yeah. And we you pulled up a table within about a Thirty minutes. Eve Cuilleron, Francois Viard. Our table was twenty people big, and it was like that's what wine is. That's what like shout out to Hospice de for.
0: Yeah, that was amazing, right? Because I was with Jeremy and his wife, and we had our dinner, and then like and it, like you said, then we everybody was there. I think I don't know if Anne Shaw was there, but everybody was just at your table at that yeah. point. You know, it was it was, it was fucking badass. <laughs> Did you go to sushi also? Did you go to sushi with us? No, I didn't. Dude, okay, listen, okay, no. yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, that was, yeah, Eve's going on. I mean, these are legends. Um, you know, Travis makes her own stuff. So um, we're just kicking it. I'm kind of We're both kind of fanboying over yeah. each other here. <laughs> but tell everybody about the wines you brought today to share. Okay.
1: Um, so I brought a 2020 Gangloff Condriou. I first had this wine in, I think, 2012 or 2011 at Hospice de Rhone, and I met Eve Gangloff there, and that was the day that I decided that I wanted to start making wine. So... Now fast forward, what, 11 years later, and I've gone from zero winemaking knowledge to, you know, kind of doing something that people are responding well to. So I brought the Condriou, um, 100% Viognier. He's the best.
0: Yeah, this is like, this is like, this is other world stuff. I mean, this is, he doesn't make a lot of it. Um, I, I'm i grateful you know, when I went out to Washington, a lot of the wines that were, like, in my top 30 were wines that were just shared, like, with the wine. I mean, like, you guys uh, rolled out the red carpet. And this wine, I've never had. I mean, I've had, you know, I've had, like, Jabalé, Condru. You know, it's like a 97-point wine. This is this is some fucking other shit, man. This is some
1: other. And he's my consultant for my Viognier and
0: my traditionally made Syrah. Mm. So we, we work together loosely. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. No, it's it's it is. You know when you it's everything that you would want and in and in, and in, in, out of a Viognier. I mean, so and
1: what Condrieu gets that nowhere else in the world has for Viognier is the apricot. Yeah, they they get this just super ripe, delicious apricot and zesty acidity. It's, mm. one, of, it's one
0: of my favorite wines. Mm. Um, I had like I I said I had like that ninety seven ninety eight Jeb wine on my birthday a couple of years ago, and it's just. This is so good. Thank you for bringing this. And then what? When you brought a red as well, too. I did.
1: I don't make Grenache. Uh, Last time I met you, you said Grenache is your favorite grape. And so I brought one of my favorites,
0: which is the Domaine de la Baroche Pure Chateauneuf. I'm super excited. So grateful. So let's go to the beginning of your life. Um, Where are you from?
1: Uh, San Diego, California.
0: Okay, um, born, raised, not like, not never, like, a, no. never moved. Okay,
1: my whole life I never moved.
0: Was your dad like in the Navy or anything, or just
1: no? He was a firefighter. Um, okay, and my mother was a high school librarian, and so just kind of normal middle class family. No wine on the table ever. My parents didn't drink at all. Um, they, I think I remember one time they had a friend over. They're both introverts. My mom's an author now, so she basically, everywhere we went, she'd have a bag of five books just reading nonstop. And
0: yeah, that's, that's, that's so cool. That's so wild. Um, and you know, I think what I think is interesting, like people think about San Diego now, um, but first of all, Travis looks like a baby. Like <laughs> he's got like kids in college. I couldn't believe it. Um, but like people don't realize like it was, like it was like a Navy town's blue collar. And you could afford to live there, like it wasn't like before. You like now you can't buy in, but like you know, it was just a regular beach coastal town, right?
1: Yeah, it was. It took me 15 minutes to get in the ocean. I grew up skateboarding, surfing, BMX biking, listening to punk rock. You know, typical San Diego. I didn't know anything different.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so um, like that's I think that, and that's also a whole thing to that whole the the whole like. It's further north, but the whole dogtown culture. It was, it was, it was surfing, skateboarding, was riding BMX bikes, mm-hmm. uh, running wild like oh, uh, Greg Greg Brewer. He was and I was like, he's like, we're like, we're like banshees, just running around the streets. Like I'm,
1: the kids will never have that again because now you can be tracked with your phone or like. Yeah. I, I would leave on Friday sometimes and come back Sunday night, and like my parents couldn't reach me. There was no way for them to. You know that was just the way, and they they were hippies, so like yeah, they were
0: they were like he's at so and so's house or something. He'll be back. Yeah, (laughs) he'll be the school on Monday. You know, that's so awesome. So, your mother was a a librarian. You said yep. Okay. Um, how did that kind of inform your growing up? I mean, you said you skateboarded, but like was was like reading a priority when you were in your household or something?
1: Uh, they were always reading. Um, they when I was well. This is kind of off subject, but um, they my parents are extremely religious. Okay. So I grew up going to a church of Eastern philosophy, uh, meditating. And then when I was in high school, my mom converted to Catholicism, and so like they go to mass seven days a week. When we lived in San Diego, they had a school bus that they would fill up with food and clothes and bring it down to Tijuana, Mexico. And now they basically just spend their whole days like collecting shoes for homeless people and feeding, and that's that's their life.
0: No, that's amazing. Like no, that, that's, I mean, that's a, and you know, it's funny. I had um, Patrick Capiello on and he, um, he came from a very religious background. I did too. My mother's Joe witness. So very strict, uh, you know, um, but like his father, they were Catholic, but they converted because he kept having kids and he wanted yeah. to use the control. <laughs> but it's interesting. Most people go from like Catholicism to Eastern. Exactly. It was opposite. They flipped it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're,
1: like I said, they're introverts, so, I mean, we, they never had people over. They were happy for me to have friends over, so, like, throughout my high school years, I had a couple friends that just basically, like, slept on my couch mm-hmm. all summer long, you know.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. No, and that's, a, and I, I think that's, I don't want to say, but, like, when it, when you see these movies about Californians, that's kind of like what you see, like, the hippie parents and the Eastern, and then, and then like, you got a friend who's, like, basically a brother because he stays over, you know, it's like... Mm-hmm. It's it's a bit of a movie stereotype, but it, that's interesting. So and so you obviously you said there was no wine on the table, Zero. zero, zero. Um, what about food though? Like I mean, Eastern were they eating like you said they were hippies? Were they eating? Were you like an oat uh, brand, you know, wheat germ kid? Or
1: I mean, the thing is, like I I was vegetarian when I grew up. Okay, but I didn't like vegetables, oh. so. My my diet was not good. Like I'm six foot. Yeah. But I'm like the runt of like all my cousins. My dad's huge. Yeah. I think I, I stunted my growth by poor diet as a child.
0: I used to tell my mother I'm gonna sue her, because like like I couldn't have seconds when I was a kid. Like like my mom would make a meal and it was like, that was lasting two days so I yeah. could have seconds. So I'm like, yo, I think you stunted my growth. I'm yeah. like I'm only like five ten. Yeah. Like, I told. like my grandpa I was like six. I'm like, You did you messed me up, but I I get it. And that must be brutal. To um, be a vegetarian and you don't like vegetables. well, and I was
1: very picky, and so then like you've met my wife Mario, yeah. she's like the brains and the beauty behind Kobayashi Winery. Yeah, uh, but the first time I went to Japan when I was 18 to visit her, like I suffered in a big way. So since then, now I eat everything. I I made it my goal when I came back to be able to eat everything put in front of me because I suffered so much yeah. with the weird seafood and like day one we went to a raw beef restaurant and I was like. I was just, and I was with like my potential future father in law, yeah. so like I was, I, I was trying to stomach everything, you know.
0: So you opened the door. So how did you, how did you meet her? Were you like pen pals? Like I mean, like she went to San Diego State for six
1: months to study English. Okay. Yeah, and so we were eighteen, um, and then she moved back, and I was going to nursing school at the time. And so, you know, I was one of, I was three, one of three men out of a hundred people in the class.
0: This is like, this is like uh, meet the parents.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Why do not you become a doctor, Fokker?
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm a male nurse. Yeah. Um, and then after like, I just realized, man, if I let her get away, I'll seriously regret it for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. And so there, it, I couldn't say like, just come back and hang out for a while. Let's see if this works out. It was like either get married or it's over. So. Yeah tough decision when you're young we got, I, I we got know. married young
0: yeah and and how how, how long have you guys been married
1: 1999 so coming up on 24 years what? that's why we like i have a 20 20 year old yeah 18 year old yeah. yeah
0: yeah no that's that's i mean well i have a 33 year old i mean i didn't get married but i had a kid when i was 20 so like yeah no i you know we that's, that's when it it just like when when you said like i have a kid in was like what we, we were like what but it, that's that's cool, and you know what though, Travis. So I'll say this, man. Um, and I've said to my wife, I was like, you know, she's like, people get mad. I was like, but it, actually, there's something about like just making a decision and 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 following through on your decision. So we'll get into like you know the name of the wine, but like thanks for sharing that. It's really cool. So now, did you go to San Diego State? Did they have a did they have a nursing program? Was it was it what type of school did you go to? Weird.
1: No, I I just worked at a, a boarding house for foreign exchange girls. Okay. That work at San Diego State. So. <laughs>
0: I was, I know, I'm not as stupid as I look. No, I'm not as <laughs> stupid as well, but, yeah. like, but it's, it's very, very, very savvy. Yeah, so Mar- Mario was
1: living there. So okay. basically I worked four hours a day and I would serve dinner and then I was just kind of like hanging out to talk and yeah. socialize and, you know. Nice. And she asked me to teach her how to drive and then we started hanging out and she's super cool. You've met her.
0: Yeah. We need to hang out, but I met. Mean, she is super cool. We need, I can't wait to come visit you guys in Seattle. Um, We got to do some stuff for sure um so you have uh you have you got a degree in nursing so tell people what your day job is because wine's like your side gate right now i mean it, i mean yeah. and, and, and i don't want to i don't want to downplay it because you're so you're so serious but like but like you 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 like i you know i didn't know you had like when we met like so what do you do for work
1: uh i'm what's called the nurse anesthetist And so it's the same job description as an anesthesiologist. We do the exact same work. They make more money, but there's no difference in what we do. See, Fokker, you should (laughs) work. Exactly. Um, And I work at Seattle Children's Hospital, so I just do anesthesia on babies and kids. Um, And I'm actually part-time, so I work roughly over the year two days a week, and they let me work all of those outside of harvest. So I work a lot in the summer and the winter, and then I'm... We live in Seattle, but I'm in Walla Walla for three months straight, and then I go back
0: once or twice a month for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, So I think people talk a little bit more about, like, you just do anesthesia for kids. So I've had surgery um, once, maybe twice, but the real surgery was like, anesthesia is like this. They said, okay, count back from 10. I said, 10... And I was gone. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so I was, back then I was, like, younger, so I probably like 130, 130 pounds, which is still light. But, like, talk about how precise one has to be. And you're dealing with
1: children. Children, yeah. Sometimes premature babies. They're, like, anywhere from this big to, like, some of the kids are 17 and, you know, bigger than me, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one decimal point off and you're that's the drugs that we give will kill you if you make a mistake Yeah. and so i'm injecting those drugs so it's very precise i'm in full control over what i'm doing and so actually the anesthesia job i have zero stress when i'm doing it it's a it's relaxing i'm good at it i enjoy it um winemaking on the other hand is very stressful (laughs) i think that
0: is Uh so (laughs) I think that it, that it, that is funny and yet it's perfect because you want to be steady and sure with something that's life or death, and but also you 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 like in the interest said you you, you want to make not only the best but the most interesting wine. So I I see how that carries well, actually, over. I don't want to make the best wines.
1: I, wanna... I've given up on making okay. the, the best. Like okay. that's I could leave that up to other people to try to make the best. So I just want to make wines that are delicious and interesting and people enjoy I get it yeah
0: Um, so you're from San Diego you met Mario in San Diego you went to Japan and got dad's approval and got married how did you end up in Seattle
1: Uh, I went to anesthesia school in Los Angeles okay and after living in Los Angeles I wanted to move somewhere (laughs) with fresh air and so we had been to Seattle once before and it's green and beautiful and so we thought that might be a good place to raise a family. And we love it. We've been there since 2007, and it's it's a great place.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really cool, man. That's really cool. I, I I lived in L.A. for a hot minute. Yeah, it's a different place for sure. It's a different place for sure. Okay, so...
1: <clears throat> L.A. is great if you live close to work. Yeah. And it, and it's in a good location. Yeah. But even when I fly into L.A. now, like you can see the smog layer, yeah. you can see the traffic on the freeways, and it's just like...
0: Wow. Not yeah, bad. I mean, L.A., like, but, I'd love to live in Santa Monica.
1: Yeah, Malibu. <laughs> Malibu. Yeah. Wow. Great, there's great restaurants all over. The food scene's really good. Yeah, The yeah. beaches are beautiful.
0: Yep. Um, your wife's Japanese. I mean, K-Town, there's so much great ethnic food. Korea Town, there's Japanese Town, there's Chinatown. Uh, there's Filipino Town. There's every town, you know. Mm-hmm. There's Little Armenia. The Persian food is amazing. It is. It is a bit of a foodie's paradise um but it's sprawling you know yes like you said it's it's different so well
1: and when i lived there every month i changed hospitals and so i was driving all over the city like from woodland hills to riverside to everywhere
0: that's not fun i'll tell you what god damn this con was so good all right so <clears throat> what i mean i just i got like What's it? What? What? Like, what did your parents say when you got married at twenty? Were they well supported? They got married when they, my dad was nineteen. Okay, so they couldn't say too much.
1: <laughs> but actually, I I first told my sister. I said, "Hey, I think I'm going to ask Mario to marry me," and she's like, "Don't do that. It's a huge mistake." She said, "Like, don't tell anybody else. Like, let's talk again in one month. If you still feel like anything in a month, like we can mm-hmm. discuss from there." And like, so I waited a month, and I said, "I am for sure going to." Ask her to marry me. So, that's so. And then cool. I and then I went to Japan, and um, asked her dad. You know, that's kind of the thing. And she had to interpret for us. Yeah. And and he's like, he he didn't say like, why do you want to marry her? It was like, why? You know, <laughs> it was like, dude, are you sure? You know what you're <laughs> yeah. getting yourself into. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's pretty cool what's your relationship with your uh your in-laws now do you guys because uh, you have children i'm sure you've you take you've taken them over to visit of uh, at least a number of times right yeah.
1: yeah they they pretty much go every every year they used to come here once a year as well um they're wonderful her dad uh ran a soccer publication company and so he was traveling mm-hmm. to europe like every month before he retired they're very much into food and that's carried on to mario so you know she grew up in a non-traditional Japanese household, I would say. Okay. I mean, her name is Mario.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really think so about So when that. people – when she does all of our customer communication, so when people meet her for
0: the first time – They're like, what's up, dude? Like, they're emailing, what's up, dude? Yeah. Love your wines, right? Hey,
1: hey fellas. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. She was named after an Argentinian soccer
0: player, Mario Kempis. Wow. That – you know – this is why i love doing this because you never know what people are influenced by you know like when when again stereotype you think about japan you think about someone who's riding the the, the 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 subway or the trains high rate high speed rails and in suits and this dude a soccer which is not i don't know how popular is in japan back then but like like you think of soccer you think of europe mm-hmm. and he's running a publication i think that's so cool and then Oh, that and then and and then to send your your child to the United States to go to college, that that's like that's kind of ballsy unheard of. He's and he's happy we named the winery, Kobayashi too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Yeah. Okay, so you you um, there was no wine grow up in your family. you you were raised vegetarian. How did food and wine, and then you mentioned, obviously, you went to Japan, you had to respectfully try these new foods. How did food and wine become a part of your ethos?
1: Mario started with the food. So when I came back, I just kind of made the, I wanted to be able to eat everything. And the things that I used to like physically gag when I put in my mouth. Now I love all that stuff. So you can get over any sort of taste dislike and actually learn to love s- certain things. Um, so she, cooking is her hobby. So okay. she listens to cooking podcasts all the time. Sounds like
0: Pam. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So she's cooking all the time and no. like, like I prepare the wine. So it's a, it's a good combo. Um, so food has been in our life ever since she moved to the U S and Wine. Actually, I was kind of a really into exercise for a while. Mm-hmm. I didn't drink at all, um, and my sister knew a wine judge, and he was doing a tour in Napa, and we were living in San Francisco at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I went on a wine tour, even though I didn't like alcohol. She she invited me, so I went. And the first winery we went to was Beringer, and it was like I was like a hundred dollars for this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like I, I didn't I didn't like the wines all day, but the The guy, his name was Mike Stepanovich. He was so excited and so energetic and like having so much fun. And the last winery we went to was called Havens. I think they're out of business now. Yeah,
0: I think so. I Um, loved Havens wines. Yeah.
1: So it was like we went to all the big places first. Um, And then that was like a small garage type operation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as we're tasting the wine, it's like, oh, this smells like, you know, blackberry and tea. And I was like, oh, my God, like it really does. This does smell like what they're describing. And so, like, that one wine is what flipped me over. Then since that day, that was in 2001 probably, I've read about wine 365 days a year. I read about wine every day and learn. Um, There's – it's like there's so much – I learned something about wine today. You know, there's so much you can keep learning,
0: and it's just discovery and fun So and sharing. Yeah, no, I I just – I <clears throat> had uh Tony Biaggi on the podcast and um
1: great guy great wines.
0: Yeah, and we were saying like you know he said he was he was diagnosed ADHD. He knew he wanted to be outside and and just wine was if it was that exploration like he was going to be exploring every day. And same thing with me when I got out of grad school, law school and I was like when I found wine I was like I can never know it all. This is freaking awesome. And you do learn and and I do and it's so funny. I, I do learn something Almost every day now, which I'm, I don't I, like. I'm feeling like slacking now. Travis, <laughs> he's, he's studied every day, guys. No, no,
1: but it went too far. Like as a consumer, like you, you shouldn't. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but I was like thinking about like what kind of barrels do they use? Why do I like this wine more than this wine? I was like, kind of diving a little bit too deep, maybe. You know.
0: Well, I think that's why you became a winemaker. I mean, that's what that's something Tony said, and he's like, I can't taste the wine. Nothing about like. Is it stemmed or destemmed? What like like is how much new oak is in this? Like, wonder what the the soil expo- what the the sun exposure was like. Like when you become a winemaker, I think that's probably because you were so in your head. Uh, you you became a winemaker, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's passion and you're passionate. But like, I, I also love that you're like, yeah, I think I went a little too far. Like, how many people can edit themselves actually?
1: Yeah. Reflection is re- very important.
0: And and then I'm thinking I'm like, okay, did was that did your parents make you meditate at all when you were young? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I grew up meditating. That's yeah. amazing. You do have this like calm. That's probably why you can inject people with needles and put them to sleep. I mean, it 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 just have to be steady and I I don't want you to be mine. I want to be zen. I wouldn't want the guy who's out there smoking fucking marble Reds. Like, Actually, my mom recently <laughs> told me a story she had never
1: told me, but when I was 13, I wanted to stop Going to church, like I was like, that's I, when
0: I want to stop going to church too. I was yeah. thirteen. I was like, yeah, I'm so done, I, mom.
1: I told my mom I was like, hey, like I've learned everything they have to teach me, like I can meditate, I can do all the, everything, I I know all of this, and so she asked the Sunday school teacher, and she said, hey, Travis said he knows everything and he w- doesn't want to go, and she's like, yeah, he knows everything. <laughs> like, how is that possible, right? I don't know. My Maybe mom, she wanted me out. Too. Yeah,
0: my mom was like, well, you're gonna you gotta go till you're eighteen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I, same thing. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not feeling this, mm, you know. Yeah. Um, I get it. Works for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thought we were me. Messing up my life. <laughs> but that's so great. But at least the <laughs> Sunday school, she was like, yeah, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> get him out of here. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So <clears throat> you visit Napa Havens, and I can't remember her name. Her Instagram is Salma. it's Tonya, but I can't remember her last name. She brought a 2004 Havens Merlot, like last year, and it was immaculate. It pitched no sediment, the cork was fine, and I always like the borico. That was his Cheval Blanc blend. Was, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know him
1: well. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. those wines were, man, those wines affect. Actually I didn't read like, like we started with Cab Franc. I never
0: made that connection that like their main wine was Cab Franc mm-hmm. based. Mm-hmm. That that boraco was Cab Franc. Was, yeah. yeah. Um and so like did you get on the list? Did you buy some wines, come home? Like what what was the next step? Obviously you said you read about wine, but like but like you went home from that trip and then what happened? So, we actually moved
1: back to San Diego because we started, we had our first child in mm-hmm. 2002. Um, and so, um, my wine education was actually going to a wine store called Vintage Wines Limited in San Diego. And every Saturday, they would do between six and 12 wines for like five or 10 bucks or something. And it was themed with tasting notes. And so, every single Saturday, I was tasting between six and 12 wines with tasting notes. And that just allowed me, and I'd like buy whichever one I liked the best. Mm-hmm. I didn't have like tons of money back then, you know? Um, and so I still remember the first time there was like a Syrah and the, the cote roti, and the tasting note said bacon fat. And I was like, bacon fat and wine? That's just, what what is that? And then I smelled the glass and I was like, holy shit, this smells like bacon fat. Yeah.
0: So yeah. isn't it insane? Um, <clears throat> I did a wine tasting and I was trying to, I was, uh, for some college students, and And, you know, I, I said, you know, sometimes, you know, cat pee is a desirable quality depending on the wine, but like, but yeah, bacon fat blew me away too with, with Syrah and Cote Roti. It was like, literally it's like, oh my, cause my mom used to make me breakfast a day and have bacon like three times a week. And I was like, oh my God, I know that smell. And it's when, and I think what you did was so good. It's a great way to get a wine education is to taste wines. I tell people the best way is to actually go taste wines. Um, And And And
1: tasting wines in a theme with notes, it wasn't like a random store buy every once in a while, you know. Like, because then you can you can say like, "Hey, there's five Pinot Noirs from all over the world. Like, don't particularly like all of these, but this one's great." And then you then you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I love that, and and it's the notes because especially when you start now, like doing a blind taste is not really going to help you. Because I was telling this group, I was like, we all have. A, a catalog of flavors and sound and smells in our, in our, our brain. And when they put that note out there, sometimes it helps you it allow, it's like a, an impetus to be like, Oh yeah, I've had a blackberry that does so. Like you said, you know um, you know, by that time you had, were having bacon, it wasn't much bacon going on in your house growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you know it. And then, and then you, you build on that. So, all right. So you're doing that. You were, you were already working as an. uh, I was working as a traveling Tra- nurse at that point. Okay. Yeah. So, I had
1: moved up to L.A. and San Francisco, and then back to San Diego. So okay. I was just n- not doing anesthesia; just okay. doing regular nursing work. Okay. ICU. Yeah. Intensive
0: care. Uh, there's a theme. I mean, there's this, yeah. this theme with you. <laughs> you don't. You don't run from it. <laughs> um, and so, you guys, uh, what year is this? Get a timeline going. That would have been.
1: In 2002
0: through 2005. Okay. So was it 06 or 05 you moved up to Seattle?
1: 05 is when I started anesthesia school. So we moved to LA for two years. Okay, so that's yeah, LA. I had no, we had no money. For two years, we had no, zero income. Hmm. And so I couldn't really buy wine at mm-hmm. that point. But a friend of mine from San Diego happened to be living in LA and he was a wine distributor. And so he would drop off his samples for me. So I was still getting to taste some really
0: high-end wines. Was he? Was he wine warehouse? Who was he went? You remember?
1: Uh, he was with. It was called Henry Wine Group.
0: Oh, I know Henry. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Antonio, yeah. who's my Henry Wine a great wine group. Um, I think Pete Saltman worked with Henry Wine Group as well. Yeah, that was that was, a, that was a good book. Yeah, Henry was a good book. So yeah, you 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 had a good friend.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then after uh, we wanted to move to. Basically, we moved up to Seattle. Okay. And once I moved to Seattle, then I finally was making decent money to, mm. to spend on wine. And I got connected with a great group of wine lovers who are just generous with deep sellers, And so my wine education from 2007 to current is just like explosive.
0: Yeah. I mean, I people know. How do you know? So I said, I'm fortunate that I met some people and how I got in the wine business that, that I know people who, who have extensive sellers are wealthy people and they're generous and, and, you know, not, not everybody has that and I'm grateful for that, but like it, it does, it does create a whole different experience, you know, and like anything there's levels to, to things in life and, and, you know, and uh, you keep tasting wines. But yeah, I have a similar, which I'm just fortunate. Like even, like I said, like the wines you brought here are ludicrous wines, you know, um, and, but, uh, you
1: know, not everyone's into wine drinking for the same reason. Some yeah. people, it's a status thing. They just want the most expensive. Oh, um, I know. The 100-pointers only. Yeah. Um, and some people are in it for explore, exploration and trying new things. And I, I don't feel like I have to like every wine that I taste. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get – sometimes if I don't like it, I get as much out of the experience as if I, like, really go crazy for something.
0: Absolutely. I tell people, listen, I've had – wines that are very expensive that are varietally correct i don't like them but that's okay um because it has informed my palate um i'm glad that i can make the distinctions of what it should taste like and, it, and it's in and its on par but i don't have to like it and you're not gonna like every every wine um that's really cool all right so <clears throat> i went to hospice for the first time last year um what prompted you to go to Hospice de Rone? I mean, because it is it – is, it runs a gamut. It's not just industry people. It's not just winemakers. It is – there is a fair amount of people who are just crazy about Rhone wines. I guess you fell into that category?
1: Yep. I went – a friend had been going for a long time, and he always told me that it's the best wine event you could – he's ever been to. Um, and so, yeah, that was 2011 or 2012. I went just as a consumer – And uh, I was sitting in the audience, and there was a panel of Spanish winemakers, including, like, Daphne Glorian, I think, or Eric Solomon. Eric, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clo Erasmus. We had six wines in front of us, and a winemaker named Daniel Landi, who has commando hey, commando G. Commando G, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, He was on stage, and he was talking about how he made wine. And I was just sitting there thinking, like, no one in Washington that I know is doing the cool stuff he's doing there's like quality of grapes in Washington's really awesome. There's a handful of people making excellent wine, but he was doing things different like long extended macerations and light extractions and you know cool stuff and so at that moment, I was like, someone should do this in Washington like just just try to make something interesting and different, not the same and so
0: I decided that would be me so so you just <clears throat> decide that would be you um. <clears throat> So you know what? Um, we got we got a lot of time, but I'm gonna take a break because we once we get into Washington, it's gonna get kind of crazy. So we'll just okay. take a quick break right here. We'll be right back and then it's gonna be a long finish, everybody, but but I think this is a good time to take a break. We'll be right back. Did you know that one out of every five bottles of collectible wines is a fake? Rare Liquid has solved this problem with a tech platform that provides unprecedented trust and transparency for next-gen wine collectors. Working directly with iconic artisans, they verify each bottle's provenance at its source, then track its rarity, ownership, storage, and transfer history on the blockchain. Rare Liquid members get exclusive access to these verified rare wines and can buy, store, and pimp their collections on the Rare Liquid platform. Membership includes physical seller storage as well as cloud sellers, where you can display and trade bottles frictionlessly online without ever having to move the bottle until it's ready to be consumed. And because Rare Liquid tracks these on the blockchain for the first time, artisans get a residual payment every time one of their bottles transfers ownership. Rare Liquid's game-changing tech creates a safe and frictionless experience for next-gen collectors while fairly rewarding iconic artisans for their craft. Rare Liquid membership is by invite only, but luckily I can help. I have a limited number of these invitations available for you, my listeners. And if you're interested in learning more about Rare Liquid, please reach out. You can hit me up on Instagram, at Black Wine Guy, or even better, send me an email, blackwineguy at gmail.com and drop Rare Liquid in the subject line. Okay, we're back. So here's this guy. he's sitting in the audience. He your brain, just the fact you could take it in and like I don't even know how you, like you like you literally study this shit because like like your brain went to watch and no one's doing this and you know and you, you put these pieces together. okay so there's a lot of people listening who might want to make some wine. like how do you go from I'm not in the wine business, at all to how to make wine in Washington.
1: And I never wanted to be in the wine business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was like
1: I just decided at that moment. Yeah. Well, I I went home and told my wife that I want to start a winery. And mm. she said like, you can do it, but don't do it as a hobby. If you're going to do it, like, do it right. Like, all the decisions have to be like, with, made with intention, you know. Um, and so uh, I was actually then talking to Somebody at work, and she mentioned a local winery in Seattle. Like okay. she knows the guys who make the. It's an urban winery called Eight Bells, mm-hmm. and so um, I met them. I drove out to the vineyard with them, and I basically worked harvest. Like we just kind of connected right away. I worked harvest in 2013, and then after harvest, I said, "Hey, I'll help you guys make all your wine. Like I'll be here if I could do one barrel on my own." And so they said sure um so i did one barrel of cabernet franc in 2014. okay and they, so. they gave me the rattiest row of cabernet Franc <laughs> like on, the, on the end of it it was like it looked very ratchet as my 18 year old daughter would say but so, after after that first vintage they said wow if you could make this wine out of this these grapes like we
0: got to get you some better grapes." they were like hazing hey, right? yeah <laughs> um where was that vineyard? Was that was that Walla Walla? Was it Yakima? What part of Washington was that? Was it, was it Red Columbia? Willow
1: Vineyard was, is the westernmost vineyard in Yakima. Okay. So it's kind of the closest to the Cascade Mountains. It's a cool site. It's actually uh, enveloped in uh, the Yakima Nation uh, native land. So they're, mm-hmm. they've been there for a long time. But there's wild horses running around in the mountains. It's beautiful. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a really special site.
0: Yeah. Um, so first vintage twenty fourteen, they gave you some busted ass grapes, some ratchet grapes, <laughs> some ghetto ass <laughs> grapes,
1: <laughs> and the wine turned out really good. I did like a six week extended maceration, like I, we we were very meticulous, but at the same time, like I didn't really know what the hell I was doing, and I actually I still feel that way. I still feel like every year I'm like, what the fuck am I doing, you know? <laughs> Hopefully, and it's actually, when the wines have turned out good, mm-hmm. it's even worse. Like, I think my 2819 Marsan was so good, I was like, I'm never going to be able to do that again. <laughs> now, I, it's been good ever since, but, you know, I don't have confidence.
0: I think that was the one Roman had, because it was like 2020. It might have been. He did that post, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like... You did that one barrel. Did you keep working with those guys the next year, or when I happened? worked
1: with them for a few years, twenty fourteen through twenty, I think seventeen, and then in twenty eighteen I got offered Weather Eye Viognier, which is north facing, um, stake trained as like amazing vineyard site. Definitely check out everything from Weather Eye, um, and I said, hey, can I make four more barrels now? Because I had been increasing slowly, and like. Eight Bells is an urban winery with a small footprint, like mm-hmm. stacked sticks high. Mm-hmm. It's like we don't have space for four more barrels. So I, I had to move somewhere else. Um, and so I then talked to the, like two of my favorite winemakers in the state, which are Todd Alexander from Force Majeure Hall, in The Walls, Pasha, and uh, Chris. Who or, makes... or
0: Beatus. I know yeah. I'm not saying it wrong, Ann Charlotte. Yeah. I'm like, Beavis? its yeah. like, Beatus. <laughs> Beatus? <Yeah. laughs>
1: Yeah, so Todd's great, and Chris is at Avinia Liminal in Passing Time, mm. and so I because I wanted to didn't want to go somewhere if something was weird with the relationship or something. I chose both places, and after the first year, it was like great at both. But after being in Walla Walla for a couple years for the white wines, I was like, that's where I want to be. So now I'm completely moved to Walla Walla.
0: Yeah, so like. Are you just that guy who like finds someone's number or email and emails them like, hi, I'm Travis Allen. And blah, blah. I mean, how did you g- get introduced to Todd? Or did you just, go, or did you just do what you did to me? He just walked up and was like, hey, I'm Travis Allen. I'm a fan of your finds. Like, how did you? I
1: ask for what I want. And I tell my kids even, like, if you, like visualize what you want and make it happen, and you can do that. And so actually when I got offered the Viognier grapes, I sent Eve Gangloff a picture of the vineyard and said, hey, there's this amazing vineyard you know, uh, Viognier, like, would you consider being my consultant just for this wine? Because because I told you about, you know, Daniel Landy being mm-hmm. inspired there. Mm-hmm. But right after that, you, you walk out to the Taste Around at Hospice, and Eve Gangloff poured the Condru in my glass, and that, like, set the fireworks off. So his like, those two experiences together are why I do wine. Wow. Wine. So, so he's been an inspiration for me big time. And so he didn't respond to that email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, or, or like the next few. Yeah. And so then it wasn't until what a year or two later, I was doing a road trip in Spain, like hitting Priorat and Ribera and, you know, Rioja, everywhere. Um, and I said, Eve, I sent another email and I said, I'm going to be in Europe for this two week period. If you're free any day during that time, I will drive to see you. And he's like, come on this Monday. And so like I drove 8 hours wow. to go see him and like we barrel tasted everything went out to lunch I wasn't going to mention the e- prior emails nah. and then he said hey I know you've emailed me <laughs> you know a few times and like I've never like felt comfortable with that sort of thing but like after meeting you like yeah we should do that so so he's been my consultant on those two wines that's, that's... and it's I mean Washington is not Condrieu Know, mm-hmm. and we're not co Roti. Mm-hmm. So it's, we can't really, I wouldn't want to try to even copy. The wines are going to taste different. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that collaboration, it's more about like being close to someone that's an inspiration for me. You know, like some people are excited about sports stars or musicians or whatever. Like he's my rock star.
0: You know? Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, and you know, it's funny, like you said that <clears throat> about sport athletes, like, like, if unless you're an athlete, like, or, you know, I think like, you know, so what you can idolize an athlete, but like there is this osmosis, I think that you can get from being around, uh, you know, a winemaker uh, because the type of wines like he makes and you make, and like a Todd makes, uh, the personality is definitely in the bottle. We're not talking, you know, you know, you know we're not talking huge production wines and, and so. I think it's also like if you're a musician, right? If you get to jam with good musicians, you know um, it's going to up your game. So I I I totally get that. Um, Your your perseverance and tenacity is is incredibly admirable. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But if I didn't try it, definitely wouldn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, one hundred percent. So he he agrees to consult, and so um, whether I. So how about how about how about Todd? Same thing. You just kind of emailed him, or just kind of met him at an event, and just went up to him.
1: When Todd moved up to Washington, he lived in Seattle for the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. He was uh, making the wine in Woodenville, the Force Majeure wines, before mm-hmm. they built their facility in Walla Walla. And so I just, as a wine lover, I just reached out to him, and said, "Hey, like I have a good group of wine lovers. We like to drink nice wines. Like, welcome to Washington. Like having the Bryant winemaker in Washington is good for." The entire industry, mm-hmm. um, and so like come on over for dinner and like so he, he came over so we became buddies so we we were friends before I asked if I could got it make wine there
0: yeah yeah super freaking cool and let's do a little um, Washington wine history for people because Woodenville is very important for the Washington wine yep. industry and it was a Chateau Saint Michel, Michel. and yep. and that guy who started that recently passed away a few months ago and then he had the project he has a project. In walla walla where they have the like the michelle ron project and all yep. the different projects that's what?
1: called long shadows long
0: shadows i went to yeah. long shadows yeah
1: Gilles, the one he's he helped me actually my first barrel that i bought i i asked him i had like a whole full page of winemaking questions before i started and i said hey he's these are the important questions that i thought were important at the time and he answered everything then he sold me a, a fermenting puncheon which is how we make some of our wines mm-hmm. basically it's a double sized barrel with a stainless steel port and we put the fruit in and ferment instead of punch downs we roll the barrels and he sold it to me for very cheap and he just said i hope your wines are good cuz if they suck no one's going to buy my wines so so he's like a you know the rising tide yeah yeah he's he's, he's a really, yeah. yeah he's a great guy
0: yeah yeah, I had a nice little quick visit with him. I got to spend some more time with him. So, um, so like it was like the, it was like the it's like the was the heartbeat? It's kind of still was a little bit of the heartbeat, like when I got my box and said Woodenville, is has like the heartbeat of uh, the Washington wine scene though, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. uh, it, it is because of its proximity to Seattle. It's yeah, like a, right, exactly. I mean, a yeah, thirty minute yeah, drive, yeah, and yeah. so that a lot of wi- even wineries that are totally based in Walla Walla, which is about a four have and a half a hour drive, there. they'll yeah. have a tasting room because it's packed it's a tourist destination yeah,
0: yeah. it's like their napa valley if, yep if you, if you will mm. um so um how'd you get offered weather eye fruit because that's another thing too like the, like the like fruit contracts like like how, like weather eyes just starting to come on obviously people in washington and North have known about it for a while but it's just starting now to come on to be like a premium vineyard to the larger at large, if you will. I love that you said you had a whole sheet of questions. How did, how, <laughs> how did, how did, whether I Weather was on your radar, you knew about it. Like, and so you were like, I mean,
1: I, I knew the, uh, the wine grower, he, he planted force majeure back in the day. Okay. Uh, Ryan Johnson. Okay. And so actually Weather Eye is a great example of why Washington is such a great place to make wine and, and just to be if you're in the industry because it's so imaginative it's almost as if Ryan thinks about like how can we do this as difficult as possible and then he does that um and so there's a ton of different trellising systems they're growing things that you would like like claret and graciano you know like basically you could do whatever you want and he's doing it and so he's kind of pushing the viticultural boundaries and they he asked me if I wanted the Viognier. And I was like, hell yes, I want the Viognier. <laughs>
0: That's so cool. So, started with Cap Franc. Now we're here. Um, let's talk about how you, you did Cap Franc. You're doing Viognier. When did the Syrah start coming into the picture
1: for, yes. you, for you? So, I get offered fruit all the time. There's a lot of different grapes. And it all sounds exciting. And so Mario early on said, you you can choose four grapes. <laughs> so, and just to focus. And I'm, yeah, no, I'm I, glad I, she did. That's awesome. You know, because like somebody offered me Tempranillo and it's like, oh, it would be fun to do, mm-hmm. you know, American oak for five years and like make like a, re, you know, Ring. Grand Reserva yeah. level. But, mm-hmm. but that's not in the cards for me. Um, so, yeah, I started with um, Cab Franc. Then I got, did Marsan and Viognier. I consider Mars on on one grape, it's Hermitage Blanc, yep, you know? Yep. Um, and then one thing that Mario never said was, like, how many wines I can make with each of those grapes. So there's two versions of Syrah. There's a traditionally made one, and then I make a unsulfured, n- no sulfur at any time um, in the process. And so that's very small production. Well, I don't call it a natural wine.
0: Yes. Um... It's, it says sans Sufra. Yeah, and do, did you decide to do it at the same time, or did you just do that? Did you do a traditional shra first and then, or you just decided like that was your workaround? It was like, oh well, okay, well, I, I want to make six wines, so I'll just split these. Is that is, would that happen at the same time, or
1: uh, no? Actually, um, Eve told me he's like. If, if I was – the reason I chose Syrah was because I figured, like, if I'm learning about Viognier from Yves Gangloff, you know, he's most known for Cote
0: Roti. Yeah, Northern Rome. Yep.
1: And so, like, I should make Syrah, too, and, like, just soak up as much knowledge as I can. Um, but he told me before he tells me anything, I should do – try it on my own first. And so since I knew him, I was also going to be doing something, you know, more traditional – I decided to do a sans souf, which uh, I don't know if you've ever had Terry Allaman mm. It's, it's excellent. Pretty. Yeah, excellent. It's it's not funky. It's not mousy. It's like you can make wine without sulfur, and if you are very meticulous in a in a way that doesn't oxidize, and Syrah is a good g- grape for that. And so
0: right. So like I said, it's not natural because. I mean that's the thing. I, I think everybody who enjoys wine wants to have, or like someone said, I forget who's uh "Try to make the best wines I can in the most natural way I can." Right? I always say this. I'm saying, sulfur is on the periodic table of elements, so it's not. It is. It's a naturally occurring thing. Correct. And, um. And the fact, though, that, like a lot of natty wines do oxidize they're just they're just they just go awry um now
1: which is fine like I like some natural wines I I continue to drink them I have one buddy who's just like fully natural wine that's all he drinks and I'm happy to try them um some people make great natural wine you know Tissot Ganavat. I think the problem is that what that's done is other people who don't know what they're doing think that you don't have to do anything and the wine makes itself.
0: That's it, right?
1: Yeah. But if you, it's harder to make a, a white wine without sulfur that's going to taste good than it is to, I mean, but it's the same thing with, like, I think these are both very naturally made wines. Like, they don't add yeast or a lot of products or anything. I do native ferments on everything. Um, but I, I kind of, part of the, motive for making that Sans souf was to make a wine without sulfur that wasn't oxidized or Weird. B- although I was afraid of it. On on the f- label the first year of the 2019, I wrote I put drink within two years.
0: Yeah, you you, I think you mentioned yeah. that when, when I tasted it. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: but we drink I think we drink Yeah, we taste in the nineteen yeah, yeah. the
0: nineteen. It's, it's f- got ten more years easy. Yeah. It. Yeah. Easy, amazing. And then you also which I thought was amazing. I and like, that day I learned something new. What does sulfur in the wine do? Like you told me, like, I didn't realize sulfur. Yeah. So the, sulfur. How can react?
1: Yeah. It's a antioxidant and an antimicrobial, um, but it bleaches wine. So if there's a, if wine drips out of the top of a barrel and there's a stain running down, if you spray that with sulfur sp- solution, it bleaches it. And it's almost like a magic trick. It just turns.
0: It's like Mr. Totally clean magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, so that's why the color of that wine is so like glowing purple, vibrant.
0: Right. Yeah. So
1: it's a I mean I, I only make one punch in a year. Okay so if people you know, we do like a mixed case thing, people get one bottle. Mm-hmm. So it's not a lot of wine. Yeah. And we put each cluster into the barrel one by one by hand. It's a it's a thing.
0: It's a lot of work. <laughs> um and your wife, you know, is her her first name is Italian, Argentinian. Argentinian. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of times with yeah. to Argentina, yeah. yeah, yeah. So actually, I thought it <laughs> Um. And uh. Why isn't it like T A wines, Travis Allen Sellers? Yeah. Why why why? Like I love it. Tell tell. Like obviously, her name is she's Japanese. Kobayashi is a Japanese name.
1: Yeah, I mean, I basically I wanted to chain her to me so like now she can't leave me you know like you're stuck <laughs> um, it sounds better than Alan anyways you know
0: what is what does Kobayashi mean because I know they're in the in the in the every name has a meaning what uh, what does it mean in Japanese it means
1: it? little forest and her family comes from a samurai clan okay and so um, and her family crest which you'll see on all of our bottles and everything. Actually, I didn't know this until we had been making wine for a few years. It's an oak leaf, mm. and so that was like I had wanted to get a Mizunara barrel before, mm-hmm. but it was like impossible. They're super expensive, and there's a long line of distillers who are in wanting them because um, they use, mostly use they use it for whiskey. They use it
0: for Japanese whiskey, which is well, and now oh, scotch. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're so people want them, um, and. When I found out her family symbol was a oak leaf, I was like, "We we have to get one." So she wrote the Cooper in Japan a really nice letter, and they make it specifically for us because whiskey barrels are basically charred on the inside, and ours is lightly toasted. Um, and so we yeah we put Cab Franc in the in the Mizunar barrel. We released one in
0: 2019. That I think, was a sick release. It was like it was like a thousand dollars. It was I mean it was expensive, but like. It was the story I was playing. He said, "These are these barrels are like it wasn't you know these this is like it, a it's more than a wine. It's like it's an homage to your 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 wife's family. I think right her her heritage.
1: It is and it's actually it was expensive and we didn't know if it would taste good or not. Like there was no precedent for mm-hmm. that and so it was kind of risky, um, especially when we're kind of still in early phases, um, but." turns out like the barrel's great it smells like japanese incense and cedar and it's just a totally different flavor profile than you get from french or american or hungarian oak it's a different species of oak
0: yeah and i'm thinking i know slovenian and hungarian i mean there's all these different you know and american is anyone else making wine in the somewhere in the world is somebody in japan even uses these for barrels to make in, wine in japan okay. they are okay Yeah, so, oh. so
1: we made it in 2019, um, and people loved the wine. Like, it, it turned out really great. And then in 2020, Washington had an issue with fires and smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and so luckily, we were spared from that. Mm-hmm. But because the typical aroma of that barrel is incense, mm-hmm. I didn't want any confusion. You know, If somebody smelled it, and they're like, oh, this is smoke-tainted. It's like no, it's not. So in 2020, we didn't release it on its own. It's an expensive wine, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So, our our wines are 65 for whites and 85 for reds, and now it's 225. dollars So to me, that's a ex- very expensive wine.
0: That's a lot. Most people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tony was saying that his Chard is 65 and his, I think his red is 165, and you know, and he said, and and, and it's it is a business too. Like it's love, but like to make it to be sustainable, you have to at least break even.
1: Yep and um, and we can't do it like last year the the Japanese government occasionally for conservation just says sorry no 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 one's cutting down trees and then it's not just that year there's also the drying process of the wood and so we couldn't get a barrel last year we've asked them to season or age the staves longer so we're not making this again for a few years so it's just it was it's kind of a one-off thing we do when Mm -hmm. when we can Mm
0: -hmm. amazing amazing and now else is amazing Holy shit yeah. this the main laaux pure Grenache. oh my God wow 2019 I'm not gonna dump this content. yeah no, no 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 yeah. just, these there's sometimes like uh, when I was with my wife, sometimes we'd go we' out and we're out in places and you know I'm like, oh this is not a dump or spitter, or, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so you know I said it's gonna be a long day baby yep. <laughs> So good. So good. Um thank you for bringing it. This is I've never had this. Oh, it is just Well, this is the
1: sort of thing that's fun about wine. To me, purchasing wine is as exciting as drinking I know. it. Oh, I love it. And so like when I bought this bottle, it's like you told me your favorite wine is Grenache. And I'm like, I'm gonna share that with MJ. Yeah. So someday I'm gonna share this with MJ. Yeah.
0: And when I was out in Wa you brought that that you know, that sinequin on at 20 Cent, which was banging. Yeah. And then you're in town, you and Todd, for this big barrel event, and he had that Sandroni, that weird, that like's the best barrel ever had, the 2014. Oh, the vitae talent. Yeah. <sighs> um, but this is, I mean, this is Kenny like rest,
1: rest in peace, Luciano Sandroni just passed away. I
0: know, recently. I know, saw that. Yeah, rest in peace. Thanks for acknowledging that. Yeah. Um, so these wines you're making, like you said, he's like, I'm not trying to make the best I and mean, most interesting. Um, and let's talk. Okay, so let's talk. The label has a family crest, and then you did you did something interesting on the back. Like you changed the back label this year. There's something. There's uh,
1: yeah. Um, Mario does all of our design work. Okay. Um, so she kind of manages everything. So shout out to Mario. Right. Yeah.
0: Mario. Excuse me. Either way. I know. I but yeah. as as my accent, I'm right. like Mario.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this uh, last year, I told her like our packaging is beautiful. We kind of feel like we're Trying hard to make an artistic product inside the bottle, so like we want the whole experience to be inspiring for people to make them to make people really enjoy the entire experience. Um, and so I just said, hey, our back label is like kind of boring, mm-hmm. just like everyone else's. It's just what it is. And so I said, can you try to make our back label like better than most people's front labels? And so she is now using um, textiles. From the Meiji period and Edo period, so like 200 year old textiles that have her family crest on them. Um, and every year we we, ch- we give people who buy a, a case of, a hoodie with that art on it, and so she's now every year gonna switch. The
0: I know, I, I, I gotta, I'm on the hoodie list. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, so cute. Mary, as like, we only get those people who buy the wine, <laughs> but I, I but I, you're special. I, I, I mean, I love rocking that thing, yeah. man, like, um, it's just so beautiful. Um, and so, mm. I know right. Dude, that's like Dude. Fresh, fresh strawberry. <sighs> it is. That's what it Oh my god. It's like strawberry jam for Oof. You guys know, if you know, if you're a new listener, you don't know, but if you've been following me for like the past 2 years or a little bit longer so you know Grenache is it I'm a Rhône head, but like and I love a good Syrah. And we'll talk to about but goddamn Grenache is sexy. Mmm, so good. It's like strawberry fields forever.
1: Man, I think Manfred Crankle said something like, "Grenache delivers what Pinot Noir promises."
0: Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, I, I Roman, I'm gonna have to. I'm like, we talked about you, but Roman one time, he his posts are incredible. There,
1: I've never met him. Before.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I've never met him either. I mean, I just we follow each other on Instagram, but he he did a post one time. He loves Syrah, but he's like, he, and he did his he's like, like, as as good as the Syrahs, are. Right, I he's like, I think the Grenaches from manfold might be even better. So you know, it's like, when when when, and I and I always say, my play on that is, Pinot Noir wants to be Grenache when it grows up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's my play on that yeah. because. Um. And I love what it comes from. But like, because Grenache can be very vigorous. Pinot Noir is very fickle. So it's, 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 in, it's in that uh, dropping fruit, pruning it down, taming it. It was the most widely planted grape in the world at one point. Um, and it is different in Chateauneuf. It's different in Vacaras. It's different in Ginas than it is in Priorat. In, you know, I mean, Spanish Garnaca is, com- it's a phenomenal thing, but it's completely different. Love them just the same. But I wanted to make Kobayashi Grenache,
1: but Mario kept me to the fore. So
0: I'm Mario. I was about yeah. all these bottles. We are going to talk about this. I, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's at some point, you know, I mean, you I, have five fingers, you have five toes. I mm-hmm. think you can go one more. I think you can do one more.
1: Well, we do have a few things in the pipeline. I get to experiment a little bit every year. Oh. Um, and so we have something coming. It's yeah, something coming it's,
0: down. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. exciting. Um, and so, for how do you launch a wine? Like, I mean, like, how did you? How do you launch a wine? Actually, and I think about it. Like, like I said, I heard about it through social media. But like, you had been making wine. You said since the first vintage was like 20 2014. How How do you launch a wine? Well, the
1: first year, it's family and friends. Okay, we only had three hundred bottles to sell.
0: Okay, and we
1: came out at a very. Uh, it was seventy five dollars for a bottle of wine for mm-hmm. Washington Cabernet Franc. Like
0: yeah. I just, marvel- I mean, cause it's, 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 it's like Merlot and Cabernet. They're best known for, I mean, all and the, and now. Syrah, yeah, yeah, now Syrah, now Grenache, you know, the rocks, uh, I'm sorry, the stones. Yeah. Christophe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, Leonetti came on with, you know, it was, it was, it was the Cabernet, it was the Merlot, even Sangiovese. I love watching, it, but, but like Cab Franc is, it's obviously a Bordeaux idol, but like, and this is where you can school me, but I didn't know of anybody making like a straight cab franc out of Washington. I'm sure somebody was, but...
1: There's been a few, um, not in big numbers, mm-hmm. but the, but there's been a few. And I, I know it ripens really well in Washington, but it's always kind of an afterthought. You know, it's like a blending grape for mm-hmm. most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I mean, my whole point was to make something new and different. And so I felt like that was like a good way to start with an underdog that we know around the world can perform well, you know, like Claude Richard and the Loire and, you know, Cheval Blanc and, you know, some of the wines from Napa, like
0: Mm -hmm. the uh, the Maya, you know, Maya. Oh yeah. We talked about, the Maya was like, yeah, we were talking about, we were talking about earlier, me and Tony, he was like, he was like, he was like, he was like, you know, Maya was a crazy wine at that time. You're making a wine. It's, 50-50 cab franc. What are you doing? Like, and it was—I remember that wine. I think I had like ninety-four miles, I was like, oh. and I had just gotten to wine. So it was like ninety-seven. Is it just like? Oh, it was so, 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 so just different from any wine I ever had. I didn't hold on, and just it was, mm. yeah,
1: yeah. So I thought it was a good place for me to start, and I, I like the savory herbal aspect of it. There's just a lot, a lot to like about it. Um, so that was our, story. and it. And it was also like the row that they would give me.
0: <laughs> yeah, what do you say? Um, you take lemons and you make cab franc out. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but some people don't like cab franc, and that's okay. They don't like any pyrazine. Like if you drink yeah. old Bordeaux, it all smells like cab franc.
0: I know. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's the thing with Loire Valley wines. I mean, yeah, that 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 pyrazine, that, that bell pepper is boom. It's yep. in your face. In your face. Um, and that's a wine that like i can appreciate and it's, you know but it's not like my favorite but then sometimes you know like a Borgiel, like they you know give it some air it softens the piergian's calm down but i love that the philosophy was different
1: that's the that's it everything's different everything we do even our white wines we make in a different style like you've had our marsan like we just use cigar shaped barrels and I do a week of skin contact, so it's not a skin contact white. It's pre-fermentation, um, and so like it picks up some color and some more aromatics, and then you know it's just super full-bodied and rich. And so,
0: and this yeah. is this is just out of your your fucking mind, right? You're just like, hmm, I wonder what what yeah. happened if I well, do actually, this.
1: with the I, my first marasone was 2017, and on the way back from the vineyard, I was thinking like, how can I make this a little bit more? Like, just put a little bit of kick in it. And I had the idea of using a stainless steel cylinder that, like, home winemakers use for mm-hmm. oak chips mm-hmm. in the barrel. So I filled the barrel with, you know, it was, it was all pressed juice. And then I took, like, the best berries, like, berry sorted, and did a little bit of skin contact for the whole thing. For the whole time. So ba- there was a tube of berries <laughs> in the barrel the whole time.
0: Whole cluster? Or just, no, no, no just, just berries. Just yeah. berries. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, back to that. So, but how did, like, it become... Kobayashi, like how do you, like, so you, friends and family start out 300 bottles. Yep. yep. Then what was your next production?
1: Then we basically like just kept doubling. And so, um, oh, I did make Cabernet Sauvignon twice. Okay. it wasn't, it, it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Um, but yeah, we started with friends and family uh, and then, after that it just really kind of spread and so now we this year last year we made a thousand cases which is our upper limit goal so we're not growing anymore and we sell 99% of it
0: like direct. I said get on the list yeah, yeah. And, and wait um, uh, and I love that when you sh- you shared that like you know we got to taste um, and a couple of your friends and, and you were like you know I love that Mario has first of all she's like basically she said don't half acid. yeah and, um, the most you can, not, not you, but the most you can make and touch every barrel is 9,000 cases. So like your wines are fawned over basically.
1: I mean, people like the wine. I'm, I'm glad we, we like it. I mean, fawned yeah. over like by you, you're like, yeah. these are your
0: babies. Like you like, like, oh, it, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like if yeah. you can, if like 9,000 cases, there a lot one, and you one can 1,000, I know, yeah. but I'm, I'm giving people yeah. a perspective, right? Yeah. Like a lot of like high-end cult wines. They can go, you can, at 9,000 cases, the winemaker can touch every barrel during, you know, it's manageable. At a 1,000, I'm just you're really focusing that attention down. Yeah. And, 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 and being meticulous and, and, and just fine tuning and just creating, I mean, your wines are an experience. Like, I mean, everything you do, like you said, the packaging, the, like the wrappers, the, the story. So, um,
1: and 1,000 wasn't just an arbitrary number, too. That's and the actually, best part. I, it was Terry Alamond. Like, I, I heard he made 1,000 cases, and I was, and he's inspired me. Of, of, I met him a few years ago, and he worked as an electrician while he was building his estate. Mm. And I'm, I was working, so, like, I almost gave up for the first five years. I was like, man, this is a lot of work for nothing. You know? Like, so much work. Trust so much me, work. I have a pocket. Yeah. It's, you know, like, you put you put your it's life into it. It's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, you put your life yeah, into yeah. it. And it's like, when, and then... You know, I don't think that anymore. Like now we're, the wines are good and consistent and, you know, we're, it's something we do together and I get, I'm met you through it. So it's. it's No, that's
0: the best part. Right. I mean, what's it like working so closely with your wife? We work great together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She's, she runs everything except for the winemaking. And so when we need to talk about something, like we take the dog for a walk and talk about it and.
0: She's great. Yeah, it frees you up to to do that that thing that you do. Um, yeah, that's that's when we talk to to go. let go walk the dog. Let's go walk truffles. Mm-hmm. It's our dog. Everybody truffles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how many children do you have? Three, three. Okay. One's in college.
1: One's applying to colleges in Japan right now, mm. and the third one's in eighth grade.
0: Okay. How do your, what do your children feel about what their parents are creating?
1: I, none of them are into wine or they weren't. uh, Two years ago, I took my son on a road trip in France Mm -hmm. and, you know, he at the time didn't realize how lucky he was. I know this (laughs) this motherfucker has no idea the trip he went on. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like day one, we're barrel tasting with Anselm Salos. (laughs) My son likes champagne now, so it did have an impact. <laughs> um, but he likes cars, and he's studying to be a pilot. He's like he likes to fix cars. He's very mechanically motivated, and so um, now he likes wine. My daughter is going to hopefully go to Japan for college for business. That's what she's interested in, and so I think they they come and help out. They've foot stomped the grapes. You know they will bring all my daughter's friends to Walla Walla. They'll do the wrapping for us. So it's it's a family business for sure.
0: It's pretty sweet. Well, here's a couple things you got for me. The one daughter is going to study business in Japan, and the other son is uh, he fixes things. So and, and I, he's a pilot. He's, yeah, and he's going to be a pilot. So yeah. I think of Pierre Cotton, who was a who a mechanic who makes a uh, great Beaujolais now. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. I think there's certain things. Um, oh wow, that connection. You work with your hands. He works when you work with your hands. There, there is. I read this somewhere, and it's so true. You think about most true learning happens with your hands like you have to learn how to tie your shoes mm-hmm. playing an instrument like so you might good, but, but like um the fact that we have thumbs our our digits are one of the things that inform our intelligence and you know I think about you think about people like my family my father was uh my grandfather was a, was a, a contractor a mason like man I couldn't build a fucking house But the guys who there's guys who barely got a high school contract who can make a beautiful house, couldn't do math in school, but when their hands are involved, yeah, you know, so it, it, you know, going back like you said, this, this whole blue collar thing, like where where you've grown up, but like, so I think, you know, I think that's really cool. Why Japan though? I mean, I think that's, actually, I think that's awesome that she's going to school in Japan. Like my, I have a daughter who lives in Ireland. I'm thinking, and she's like on a gap year. I'm like. Man, she should like, apply to go to school in the States over here. Just a different experience. But does your daughter speak Japanese as well?
1: She speaks Japanese. Um, all of our kids have been to Japan every year. They mm-hmm. love it. Um, it's. I think for her, I mean, I think a lot of it's like she, her friend is there right now. Okay. And like the Tokyo Club, she's like, I got to get in on that scene. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I, she loves Japan. Like yeah. they, they Ever since they were babies, they've been going. And I think they feel Japanese.
0: Our, our kids do yeah yeah um <clears throat> so you talked about uh what was it like not to release wine in in 2020 like for a small wine like of your size like well
1: we weren't affected we, we, we you weren't affected we blended but, but, it yeah but, we we just didn't release oh, the, yeah.
0: the the high end wine. wine yeah okay
1: um i'd say starting up they, they say you know if you start a wine, you, the only way to make money in the wine business is to start with a lot. Yeah. I don't think that's true. Um, I think people undervalue their time and their wines. And if you, if I was charging $20 a bottle, which I wish I could because I'd like more people to be drinking the wine, then yeah, I'd go out of business. And
0: you know. No, exactly. I mean, I think... And I the... think
1: in, in Napa, you know, a lot of people missed vintages in Oregon as well. Mm-hmm. And like, I think you can do that once or twice maybe. But after that, like... People are, if this continues, people will have to release smoky wines.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, you hang out with, uh, you know, I mean, like your boy, you're here in town to go to the uh, Barolo Fest.
1: This is the first time I've been to New York in 18 years. Damn. I was gonna apply to Columbia for anesthesia school, and I wound up going to Los Angeles.
0: Worked out for you. Yeah. I loved. I would love to mention, but it worked out it for you. It really. feels great to yeah. be
1: back, though. Like this, we just. I, I think I've walked fifteen thousand steps today. Yeah, it's a beautiful city.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you're so controlled, Mario Grenache. It's yeah. a little subliminal. <laughs> Give him one more five. Five makes sense. I'm not asking like, like not. I'm not sure to have a six finger here. Like five makes sense. But you hang out with Todd. Todd is this fucking guy who makes Bordeaux shit, Rhone shit, fucking Burgundy shit.
1: Great, Holocene is. I, we had the twenty the other night. Great. Like how
0: how how hard is it for you to not want to mess around with these other grapes?
1: Well, you know I'm there seven days a week for three months yeah so so i'm i get to i mean you get to play around i I get to be there and see what he does and i'm helping with i'm not just doing my thing i'm i help with everything that's made and so i that itch gets scratched in a a sense you know um but yeah he's it's i try to surround myself with people who are smarter than me and he's he is an amazing winemaker
0: yeah i i i you know um thank god i don't say thank god for covid i mean like he just fucking sent me a box of wine and it was on yeah and and um and you're just like i'm just like you know and then to have had him on the podcast, i get to spend time with him, i'm like dude you know this is pretty sick what you do like and like you know he you know he he makes wines that that range from thirteen two to fifteen, and they're all balanced. The thirteen two has so much fruit. The fifteen five has the acid and everything. I mean, like he's like <laughs> like he always has Like he's like a wizard with his hat on. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, he thinks it's crazy that I stress about wine and not about anesthesia. You know?
0: that's what I said. I actually, I, I'm I'm actually. As as someone as I was an athlete, division one, like it, it's better for me. Like like Michael Jordan doesn't sweat taking the last shot. Like you know what I mean. Like so. But like for you, like, and it's not like I said I don't want to. minimum, it's not a side gig. It's a, it's, it's 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 you have a parallel things. But like, I want the person in life or death situation to be sure of themselves.
1: Zero zero fear. yeah zero fear. I mean, uh, when you're intubating a baby. And like they're really sick. There, there is a moment that things could go really wrong. Yeah, um, and so you get a little bit heightened awareness, but it's it's not like a stressful thing. Yeah, where like in during harvest, I'll wake up at three a.m.
0: Yeah, you're like the stories that carry with somebody. Like like you you doing harvest, man. Like uh, and like you just like you just like you have a routine like. You could have places to stay. You just, you just, you just have a zone you want to be in. Is that correct? Is that safe to say? For sure. Yeah.
1: Well, we talked about reflection earlier. Yeah. Like I like to reflect on the end of the day. I like to reflect on the end of the year. Like, kind of where have I been? Where am I going? And you need personal time for that. Yeah. Or I, I do. Maybe not. No. I,
0: I, mean, it's funny. I mean, like I do this podcast and I talk to people. I'm, I'm actually people. I'm quite introverted actually, you know, because I, 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 I do need that reflect and and. Even if I'm at a larger event, like the energy to be present with people, I think people underestimate that. And I, I, like a lot of times, I just, I like just need to recharge. I just yep. want to go be in a room by myself and just mm-hmm. recharge, you know. And uh, so I get that. Um, yeah, guys. Yeah, I'm actually an intro- introvert. I,
1: I, I feel like I'm shy. Yeah, my wife is like, you're not. No,
0: shy, I'm no. shy. Listen, yeah. I tell <laughs> same thing. Bam! I'm like, I'm actually shy. Like. Like you step to me. I didn't I, like, I'm shy. Like, I I have a thing. My mother was my mother's gregarious, so I have DNA that I can do it. But that's like, I'm that's not me, you know. I'm, I'm a lay back in the cut. I think that nothing with podcast, Like, I'm like, I've learned to shut up. I'm not shut up now, but I've learned to shut up and let people talk. I'm let the come to me but yeah like
1: and i usually surround myself with larger personalities so like this is it's hard yeah, for me like, to sit here and like talk about myself yeah you know? i know like, so like, I, I, i'm happy to be in the shadows always like people will find out about our wines if they want to seek something different
0: you know right that's what i'm saying like launching a brand like i, I mean you were 20, like i didn't find it to you like and it was this one guy i mean and that's that's the beauty of it like that is the beauty of 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 craftsmanship like it's like listen i'm doing something different i believe what i'm doing and the right people will find you you know
1: and i still have a day job and so some of the things that we've done like not everything turns out and mario's the gatekeeper if something's going to be sellable or not Mm -hmm. um but like for instance we did a boxed wine, like bag and box. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tablas Creek put out a rosé. Yeah, And it was like $100, yep. which was crazy. Yep. And I got one and I left it in the fridge and it was great. Dude, it I just
0: talked to Jason a couple weeks ago in Sonoma and he they it, it can last like six months but he's like, most of their wine club people drank it like in two weeks. It was so crushable. <laughs> well, we did
1: it with Marsan. So we charged $200 for the box mm-hmm. and I told Mario before the email went out, like, we might not sell a single one of these but you know what? It doesn't matter. Like, I, I think having a day job still it allows me to take more risks that I normally wouldn't do. Yeah, turned out people went crazy of for course. it. Of course, you know, um, one guy drank it in a day.
0: Okay, I'm <laughs> um, I'm not. Yeah, you're, drink, <laughs> you're drinking habits, You're drinking habits. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> of wine. Oh, i to judge. That's right. a lot of wine. Yeah. Three liters of fucking wine, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And so Jason Hospa said the same thing. Like they 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 were like, you know what? They just they. Everything at tablas you know what I love about this podcast? We just talk about people we know, was from the jump about doing it right, sustainable, biodynamic, and like as the issue of packaging came to him, like, you know what? We got to put our money where our mouth is. And he, he they, literally he was like, it's like 95 bucks for like a rosé. And he was like, he's like, I don't know if we're going to sell it. And he's like, we hoped it would sell out in a month. And it sold out like in four fucking hours. Yeah. I bought one yeah
1: <laughs> and then I went and met him when I was in at hospital of course you yeah.
0: did because that's who you are yeah yeah yeah.
1: Um, yeah I mean he when we sold it I basically copied him I asked his permission but it's like he wrote all of the reasons why it's so much ecologically better mm-hmm. than glass bottles mm-hmm. and you know and it's nice to have a box in the fridge
0: yeah no
1: listen I had never purchased a box of wine before to be honest
0: listen <laughs> and and I you know I' done a lot of retail I had a job at Whole Foods so I miss some wine there's great been great box wines coming out of like Spain like old vine uh oh, what's the white? I don't know but um ruda old vine ruda mm-hmm. old vine monstral like really good fucking wines but here it was a different thing and uh it's a thing now like he spoke we both spoke at the uh, direct to consumer conference and he spoke on sustainability and and, okay. and and uh you know you have so you have him now you have morgan twain peterson at bedrock is doing a rose box this year you're gonna start seeing more and for i mean like for a white or red for the summer i mean like dude it makes the most sense it's a good trend it's a good trend you know um but that dude he he had a lot of like it was like weekday at bernie's they fucking went through three liters of wine that's serious
1: (laughs) i think ours was an hour or something yeah yeah that's nuts yeah
0: but you know but that's that's the beauty of the type of things you're doing because it's people get that you're building something. I don't, I don't want to say bigger than wine, but like it, it's like it's like finding that band. You're know, like, oh my god, why why are they not like you find a band you don't want them to like they're so good they should be huge, but you don't want them to get huge because they you know what I mean. And I think the fact that you guys have this this cap on a thousand cases, that, you know, till your daughter comes back from Japan and no. school. No, no, no. We're gonna do the we're gonna do the assembly line like they did head on, you know. But like, there is something there's an integrity in what you're doing. I think that resonates with people. Do you agree with that? I mean, like,
1: well, I think we we focus too. It allows us to keep focus on what's important, and it's not just about growth and money. And like, I don't have to worry about you know distribution, all these other things, because I can only focus on the one bit, which is the wine
0: and that you know what's so dope about that I just thought about that thank you for is that when you're DTC like you don't have to be in every state man you, you just listen man like it it, it just there you're, there's something just so freeing about what you're doing right like we have this production run a few numbers but like listen we, we're shipping to this many states and it makes sense and hopefully people will find ways to sh- taste the wine and share them but like it's not about like we got to be in every state we got to do this you know, we we have to have a box of Kobayashi Marsan in every refrigerator. You know, you'd be really every, rich Everyone
1: might not like it. That, that's why I gave up the whole best thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I look at other... Our website is terrible, by the way. I don't know if you've been on it. There's no information. We were... I had been planning and I was writing things and I looked at other wine websites and it's always like the best, the best, the best. We're doing the best, the most beautiful. And I'm like, I don't need to say that. Like, you know, if people sign up, I think... It's kind of scary just to put your information in a website with no- nothing else. Like, is this legit? But you know, Mario sends you a nice email in a day. And she does. It's more know. like I feel like I want to physically pour my wine for all of our customers. Yeah. Like, I hope to meet them, talk about the wines. We do a party every year. We don't have a tasting room, so we just. I, th- I think we have cool customers. You know,
0: I, I. You know, I. I would think you'd have to. You'd. Have, you would. You would have to have cool customers. Now, I'm having knowing you, having met Mary once, but like you would have to have cool customers, and I, I just think, just from a perspective, because I've studied a lot of internet marketing, people don't even realize a ratchet website with a good product wins over a slick website. Like in real pure internet marketing, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like you said, I see these websites. They're not even designed to sell wine. I don't know what they're designed for. I mean, they're slick and you know, and blah, blah, blah. But like, listen, people go to your website and they're like, fuck it. I heard about this wine. Here's my information. And that is... Like, if I ever made wine, that's where I'd want to be.
1: We were planning to make a website. <laughs> we, we didn't have any... Actually, we've never really had wine for sale,
0: you know? So yeah.
1: We've sold the first one to family and friends. And then every year, it's just like they share... New people sign up. There's churn, and we're growing. So it, I don't even know how long our waiting list is. It's not something like I wish I could give wine to everybody. We don't sell a lot of wine to any single individual. You know, it's we try to spread it out as much mm-hmm. as possible.
0: So, hey man, um, it's like the Studio Fifty Four lines are good for business. Scarcity is good for business. You know, particularly w- what you're doing. I mean, fucking import importing. Japanese mission barrels, like, you know, um, interesting, fun. I just, I have these crazy ideas. Like, so what are you doing with that 2020? You declassified it and put in some other stuff? I
1: put it in a red blend. Okay. okay. With a little Merlot that it, Mario, Mario let me make Merlot for two years. So, okay. so it's like a, Grenache. Right so, yeah.
0: <laughs> this is all subliminal. Grenache, Mario. There,
1: there is something that would make me make Grenache. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could get very excited about it. It's, it's a grape that I love to drink.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Now we've gone on this like journey, and I wanted to hit this earlier. Um, tell me, tell everybody about being published in the Journal of Neuroscience for research on the cause of sudden infant death oh. syndrome.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, when I was working as a nurse anesthetist, I was the chief nurse anesthetist at Seattle Children's for eight years pre. Making wine um, Like I said I don't really know how to turn things off And I work too much all the time uh, And a Colleague of mine, anesthesiologist Was interested in Sudden infant death syndrome Trying, he, He's like, his thing was It's the last, one of the last real Medical mysteries, most other things You kind of know what the problem is Even if you can't fix it uh, But SIDS is just kind of like this big question mark Like a healthy looking baby mm-hmm. Doesn't wake up Mm. And so he found a link between the newborn hearing exam and Mm -hmm. babies who died of SIDS. And so he just asked me, like, hey, this is, I don't know why this would happen. Like, you seem to be like the type of guy that thinks outside the box. (laughs) Like, could you help me think of how this could possibly be? And so we designed some experiments looking at control of respiration and arousal. And, yeah, I used to volunteer in the mouse lab and pig lab in denmark we went we did a project in denmark too
0: did you have fucking a volu- volunteer Jesus. research so a volunteer means you paid your way over to denmark and... yeah. yeah
1: i felt like we were on to something mm-hmm. really important um research is really tough to get grants and it's like beating your head against the wall just to try to keep going if you have a new idea it's hard to break in um and so i when i started making wine like like couldn't be doing.
0: No, I get it. My get days it. off in the lab anymore. Yeah, no, I hear it. I, I, I get it. But just, I just, I just wanted to, that to share that with the listeners because, like, all of this informs what's going on at Kobayashi. You know, this focus, this, this, this tenacity, this intellectual curiosity. Mm-hmm. I don't I know I'm to getting curiosity. Yeah. I don't know if that <laughs> didn't. sound. it just that was just natural. It could be this fucking shadow nook. Yeah. Oh my god. beautiful it's beautiful um so we talked about the box wine um you mentioned and you are an out-of-the-box thinker oh wow that i didn't mean to do that (laughs) might be (laughs) the drinking um but it works um
1: i could tell you're a father yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) i got the i got the bad jokes i'm corny as fuck (laughs) I'm so corny. I, I said I'm so corny. I'm cool. I've I've just I brought yeah. it back. Um. You also mentioned in your in your bio about collaborations. So brewery. What 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 project you're working on with a brewery?
1: Actually, it was when I was in Denmark doing okay. the Sid's research. Uh, one night, I the food in Copenhagen and Aarhus in Denmark is just unbelievable. Um, but I went to a, a restaurant. I met this guy there. He's like, oh, like, you should come back to my bar after this. And so I went back to his bar, and he – brewery, actually, brewery and bar. Mm. He had a beer that was re-fermented on Riesling grapes. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a beverage connoisseur. You know, like, yep. I I, know, I read about wine and alcohol and all sorts of things all the time. I had never heard of that product before, and it was delicious. Um, it was a really – beautiful crazy night to have like lots of interesting things were happening and the the cup holder uh when i lifted it up Mm -hmm. said haven h-a-v-e-n which is my middle name and it's my son's first name and i was like drinking this beverage having this amazing experience and i was like i'm gonna go back to seattle and find the best brewer i can and do a collaboration like this because it's such a cool product and so when i went back i was just tasting around different kind of wild ferment Mm -hmm. um, breweries. And then somebody told me about this new one that was starting called Floodland. Mm -hmm. And so I messaged him and just said, hey, can I come drop off some wine? Like I've got sources for the best grapes in Washington if you'd be interested in working together. And when I went in, he was listening to some hardcore punk rock. And I was like, oh, like I'm from San Diego. Like my band opened for Man is the Bastard, and he's like, no shit. Like, like so we had this instant, yep. old school punk rock, yep, connection. Uh, and so yeah, we worked together. Like, it's him. Like he's an amazing brewer, very detail oriented, singular beers. I'll I'll send you one. Yeah, I love it. Thanks. Man. Um, but it's, it's just it's something fun. I don't make any money on it. It's just like we like to get together. And talk about fermentation. He likes natural wines. We sh- mm-hmm. share with mm-hmm. each other, so it's basically just knowledge sharing, and it's like another example of me surrounding myself with people who are smarter than me. Yeah, you know? yeah, and learning.
0: Yeah, that's what it's about, right? Like being a lifelong learner. Um, I forgot who I had on the podcast because I'm just banging on these wines. <laughs> this was actually a double podcast day, but um. <laughs> It was someone like, they, you know, they got into wine through fermentation. It was fermentation. Like you have to understand like whether it's kombucha or beer, um, there can be a segue into that. Now, please send me a bottle of that. And then, so we know we've talked at length about Yves Gangloff mm-hmm. um, and how he's influenced you and he's helped you. Um, you mentioned in the bio, international collaboration. So what can you tell us, what can you share with us about that? What do you feel comfortable sharing with about
1: oh. that? I'm trying very hard to send a musonara barrel over to Italy right now, so it's in the works. Logistics are a little bit tough. I'm happy to air freight it. I just, if anybody knows a way I can get this freaking barrel over there, so I we're, might. Be we're getting help close. You. We're getting close.
0: I might be able to help yeah. you. Um, yeah, we'll talk. But basically, we'll talk about
1: yeah, wine. one of my favorite wineries in Tuscany. They make their own grape. Um, they're, they're the only people who have a grape variety called Would You tried it.
0: Yes, another yeah. one of my top wines. X gonna give it to you. Yeah, yeah that was that was my favorite yeah. real year. I only got like five likes, but yeah. I love that. Blade. I liked it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so
1: we're and We're, only we're, make try, a, we're one, trying to do a project together, and
0: it's uh, yeah. and then make make uh, magnums, right?
1: That's only in magnum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, They for restaurants, they have seven fifties, and they they say demi magnum. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so freaking awesome!
1: <laughs> I, I actually I, I don't even like talking about this because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. but you know. Well, you know like, like it, things can go wrong like the barrel could get destroyed in transit or whatever you know
0: but you said earlier you visualize it and 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 sometimes speaking it helps and like I'm like I know some I know someone who does a lot of stuff in Italy and is good with logistics so I'll see well we'll'll we'll, we'll see I'll see if I can help I don't know man I might know a guy I kind of usually know a guy um
1: but that's something that I didn't have in Prior, I, w- I went to Italy last year. Every year I go to Europe and have a inspiration trip, mm-hmm. and so I try to visit as many people that I love as possible, who I love their wines, and just talk to them. And it's not like I spent time in Tus- or in Piedmont. I'm not making Nebbiolo ever, but just visiting with some of these people gives me ideas about any number of random things, how to treat customers, how to you know, make your product better. Um, And so something I've I've kind of committed to do every year is to go learn more and keep making Kobayashi better. Like I'm not just going to... Like I've got four grapes, but our wines are not... Soon to be five, Grenache, Mario. Soon to be five. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we're not just going to like be static. Like they're hopefully getting better every single year as we learn and improve. Like Mm -hmm. if there's a... It actually came from anesthesia. You kind of have to... Accept that someone might do something better than you. The good providers do, Mm -hmm. and then if someone else does something better than you, then you adopt that practice. And so, if I think that I could do something better, I'm going to change. It's not like, oh, I've been doing this forever, so I'm just going to keep doing it.
0: Yeah, that's that's that's, the worst thinking on one level.
1: On on another level, though, like that's also some of these estates are so historic. It's like they're not trying to change. It's just like this is what we do. Right. We've been doing this for generations. We're not trying to change. And so for them, like, please please don't change anything. Right. It's like Gigal,
0: yeah. Gigal has a program Yep. that hasn't changed. Mm. Ridge has a program, American Oak. They have yeah. a program. They have a protocol that hasn't changed. And
1: They're not following trends. Nope. American Oak is not trendy at all. It's not tr- all.
0: No. Yeah. No. heightens everything. I, I found that out it, it actually heightens things. That's why... Fucking mono, but That's why those zins are so age worthy because ha- they have to come down after mm. after the amplification. But yeah, I, there, you, either you have a like, either you have a program that you're running, like Gigal. I have a friend, like uh, my friend Jeremy. He was like Gigal, Like you have to get like Gigal, That Cote de Rhone, over a million cases is probably one of the greatest achievements in in Rhone wine. Like it's a fucking program. Like at that is volume, a million cases. Yeah, it's a fucking million cases. Can you that, that coat around like yeah. sixteen like uh, fucking million cases but then you know you get those coat rotis baby but it's the same fucking program it's a protocol yep um love that all right man so we got a few minutes left <clears throat> um you already answered a question one of them was like the bottle started all and it was like you said when that we had that Gangloff off drew, yep i'm making fucking wine that really set it off for you but now we play the game uh-oh fmk all right fuck marry kill I'm going to give you three grapes. You get to fuck one. You get to marry one. And you have to sadly kill one off. We're going to f- fuck, marry, Kobayashi. But then yeah. I- <laughs> Okay. So here are your three grapes. And I chose this. One of the grapes I chose, you'll know immediately know why. Um, it's supposed to be tough. But you'll know the one I chose why. Because we're here in New York City right now. Okay. So FMK. Fuck, marry, kill. Syrah. Nebbiolo. Viognier. Ooh. Ooh,
1: i got him ouch <laughs> got him <laughs> there's no threesome available <laughs> well
0: that's yeah. what Je that's what jeb done he's like he's like i'm disappointed yeah i'm fucking them all i'm like all right Jeff, but no there's no threesome i don't think mario would have that so go go to work
1: oof i guess i'd fuck sarah Mary Vionier and Kill Nebula. Yeah,
0: and I know it's hard for you because he's an yeah.
1: Albert a man. But, but like, Wait, which is, but like, that's the, a, it's a no-win situation.
0: It's a no. I, that's the whole point of it. Is yeah. a no. Like, if you love wine, you know, unless somebody puts like, you know, um, I'd have a tired time killing Valdigue because you probably had a good. But no. like, but if you really love wine, you like, like, like Cabrolo. I could put that in. Like, that would have fucked through a monkey ranch at you, right? It would. I mean, I could always, I can always kill off Cabernet Sauvignon to be honest with you. That I feel is, that though
1: is, like I couldn't live a happy life without Nebbiolo, so I might, maybe Viognier I'd kill.
0: I don't know, man. You know, you better pour it in a little. Sip of that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Nebbiolo is just its own thing.
0: It is. It's like, it's just you know, some people think it's just like Pinot Noir, but it's different. It's no, it's different. different. Yeah, it's different. I mean, I understand. I understand the uh, the 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 simile, but it is it's still different, yeah. you know. So, um, oh my God, thank you so much, Travis. Like, just like we made this happen.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And actually, I'll just say, I'm um, what I love. One of the many things I love about you is that you're breaking down the elitist culture of the wine industry, which I don't like at all. And so, I'm like, I'm very happy that you invited me to be on here
0: thank you yeah i'm i'm like that dick who like wants to drink wine with rich people and then like fuck you yeah. um <laughs> not fuck you but like come on man it's just like, can we just like it's it's apricots we do not have yeah. to go you know like i'm like it's it's you know so thank you for that i really appreciate that and and just it just i knew when i saw you this smile the energy i'm glad we're getting to know each other i'm glad we're forging this friendship i can't wait to come visit you do more stuff with you, uh, hang out with Mario, meet the kids, Anytime. Uh, be, be that, be that, be that, be that, be this, be that stereotypical black uncle from yeah. a Chris rock or Eddie Murphy skit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're going to have an empty room soon. Too, exactly. so. <laughs> cool.
0: Tell people where they can find you, how they can get on your waiting list, how they can be a part of what you're doing at Kobayashi.
1: Um, Kobayashi It looks sketchy, but Mario will send you a nice email if you put your info in there. Uh, and some restaurants in seattle that's it right now
0: yeah Uh, guys don't forget to check out the show notes that's where i'll uh post uh info on the wine we drank in this episode i'll put the links to kobayashi i'll put their their social media links uh you know and you know just some of the things we discussed in this episode until the next time here's to my mavericks my philosophers my deep thinkers and of course all you wine drinkers it's your boy mj peace (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list.